Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. We are, man, we're grateful that God is moving. And God is moving. Come on, listen. God is moving. God, God is doing it. And God is using a group of people that probably would have never been friends in high school. But a kingdom message and a kingdom calling and purpose and the hurt that we've seen over the last couple of years is bringing us together so, so that we can see people find freedom, begin to change their life, begin to meet the fall. Like, like God is doing something. I'm excited that you're here uh, today. I want to just continue on with our sermon series called Favor. We're, we're talking about favor. We're talking about the favor of the Lord. Last week, we talked about how um, God actually wants you to win. Like God wants you to win, and we can't win without the Word. We talked about that, and, and, and I've heard just so many good thoughts about that. If you missed it, go back to our podcast and look at that. But I, I, I want you to begin to see the favor of God more than just the advancement of pay. Come on, hear what I'm saying. Winning is a byproduct of the favor of God. Why is that? Well, God, given you, God has given you talents and giftings and abilities and administration and organization and all that. But, but, but here's the thing is that God wants to be an active part of your winning. He wants to be an active part of your success. He doesn't want you to go run ahead, do it all yourself, try to build something that will sustain itself. And then give God an honorable mention. Like he wants to bring the increase into your life. He wants to, come on, listen. The Bible says that he's a jealous God. Not in a, in a tacky uh, family drama way. But he wants his presence in your life to make a difference. And so when you begin to win, that is a sign of favor on your life. God's grace and mercy is a type of favor on your life. God's calling and, 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 and purpose on your life is his favor. Can you imagine if you woke up every day and had no purpose? You understand that going to work and getting a paycheck is not purpose. It's not. That's why a lot of people are miserable. They went to college. They went to deal. They do their job for about 15 years. And then they quit and they're disgruntled and frustrated because they worked so hard to achieve so much and it did not fulfill them. But God's calling on your life to live for something beyond yourself. That way I go to work and I'm able to use my giftings and use my talents and bring an income and provide for my family or my life or whatever so that I can go and begin to do something that I am called, come on, listen, by God to do. And so many of you do that. You serve here. You serve in the ministry. You serve at other nonprofits. You help. You, you give food. You do. And I love the fact that our church is people who are living, come on, with a purpose. And, and, and there's just a whole group of people in our world that wake up every day and the only thing that they think about is surviving. 
The calling of God on your life is favor. God's provision in your life is favor. God's providing. The Bible actually says that his children will not be begging for bread. Okay? That I've never seen the righteous forsaken. That that doesn't mean that we have not, by our own choices, put ourselves in situations. Come on. You can't um, overspend and not feel the consequences of that. You, does that make sense? I mean, you got paid on Friday and you decided to buy a large TV. And then on Tuesday, you're like, God, why have you forsaken me? And God's like, thus saith God. Take it back to Sam's. If you like food... Don't purchase what you can't afford. Does that make sense? Okay, okay. So we're just talking. Uh, being all of the relationships in your life are the favor of God. And some of you are like, well, you, you, you don't really know my family. All of the relationships in your life are the byproduct of favor. Come on. Does that make sense? Because sad to say there are people that live alone. That have no one to visit them. That have nobody that cares for them. A, a, a life-giving church is the favor of God on your life. You will never find a perfect church. There will never be a perfect church because here's the thing. We are a church body now of around 400 people. And the studies that I look at is people have about three to four problems every single day. So at best, in one week, we're managing with our body 1,200. 100 problems. So what that means is there are some Sundays you're winning and there's some Sundays you're like, I'm surviving. The only one that was perfect that had the fullness was Jesus. He, he, he did it all right. But we're all figuring out how to do it and we have to give up a lot to get right. And, and, and the reason that churches are imperfect is because we're all struggling with the next thing that God wants to remove from our life. And when we don't make those, um, when, we, when we don't release those things, we will hurt people. And it doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter what church you go to. This is the reality because we are imperfect. We're fleshly. We're growing. Come on. There's not going to be any church splits when we're all in heaven. Come on, we're going to be redeemed. It's going to be good. It's going to be awesome. But right now, we got to deal with your past. And we got to deal with your baggage. And we got to deal with your trauma. And we got to deal with your hurt. And you got to deal with ours. And we got to deal with, you know what I'm saying? We got to deal with schedules and organization and all of this stuff. And, 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 and that's the reality of, of church. But you are in a life-giving church. And that is favor. Don't take his favor for granted. Have you ever taken someone that you love for granted? I feel like all the moms in the room are about to be like, this is the really good sermon. I can feel it coming. Come on. There are moments in, in, in marriage. There are moments fathering. There's moments with our friendships that, come on, how are you? Are, can we just have a moment of transparency? If you're sitting by your friend, don't look at them. But, but have you ever been frustrated with your friend? Have you ever been frustrated with the personality in your friend? You got one friend that won't really communicate. And then you got one friend that 
they do enough for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like they're your friend, but there's moments they act like your mom. What are you doing there? What are you going to do? When are you going to get a haircut? What are you going to do? What are you doing? Oh, you need to do that. And you're like, I just need to breathe right now without you telling me to breathe. Come on. We all have, we all have friends like that. And it's easy to take people for granted until there's a moment of hardship and that friend comes in and says, I'll take care of everything. You don't worry. We're going to be there to take care of this. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, you're like, come on. We take, we take things for granted. And, and in Acts chapter 11, the church was going through persecution. The, the apostle, Stephen, had just been stoned. And the church was scattering. They were, they were running away from um, uh, what had happened with Stephen, and they were trying to rebuild. They were trying to reorganize. They were, they, they were trying to run away from uh, the presence of Rome and, and all that was happening. And so Stephen is stoned. You can read that at the beginning of Acts chapter 11. But here's something that crazy happened. In the midst of persecution, the church is thriving. I need to talk to a few of us real quick. Sometimes when there is darkness, it actually illuminates the light in such a way that it makes it super pure. What some of you may be thinking is an attack on the world, America, or whatever, may be God purging. And correcting. Because the truth of the matter is, listen, persecution was hitting the body. And all of a sudden, they start a church in Antioch. And miraculous things begin to start happening in the church. So much so, where the church leaders in Jerusalem are hearing about what is happening. Let's read this. Acts chapter 11, verse 22 the report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he came, he saw the grace of God. He was glad and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. He, he began to see some, he began to see the favor of God on the body. In the midst of problems, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of pressure, he began to see something happening. And it, it made him glad. It, he began to rejoice. But he also issued this incredible warning. He said, yo, listen, it's going good. Don't blow it. And I don't know who I'm talking today, but maybe there may be some people here that, that you're doing good. And ten, most of the time, I, be, I, I try to move my sermons in such a way where I want to talk to those who are broken and hurting and on life support. But today, I want to talk to you who are doing well. You're paying your bills. Life is going good. You see your dreams on the horizon. You feel like you're almost at the place where you're putting your steps together and I want to tell you, do not blow it. Don't blow it. 
There was a time when Katie and I began to start Be The One Ministries. We had absolutely no money. We were draining our savings account. And we did not have enough money, I'm seriously, to buy groceries for the next week. It was not at that time that I was thinking about robbing a bank. I was praying. Come on, does that make sense? And some of you, the only option you have is to reach out to God. But then there are others in the room that life's, you're winning. You're actually doing it. You're accomplishing your dreams. You look over and you see God advancing you. And I need you to hear what I'm saying. Remain faithful. Be steadfast in your purpose. Don't let the victory cause you to get weak on what God has given you and where, come on, listen, you're going. Barnabas came to observe the church and he saw the favor of God. He saw the grace of God. And when I look at many of your faces, and I begin to hear and recall some of your stories, I am seeing the favor of God on your life. Just last service, we, a, a couple came up to me and said, hey, I want you to know uh, we're pregnant. And the story behind that was one of tears and hurt and heartache. And I'm just, I'm just saying to you that I believe that favor of God is on you. And listen, it's on this body. And it's not because we're perfect. And it's not because we're better than the church down the street. Like, I just want you to hear it from my lips. Because culture leaks with, when there's more leaders. I am not in competition with any church in northwest Arkansas. I'm going to do the calling of God that God has put on us. And we're going to do what God's called us to do. Come on, does that make sense? But I'm not in competition. But I, I want you to, 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 to realize that the Holy Spirit is moving on our body. And, I, and just like Barnabas saw it, I need you to see it. God is the one that sets the time for favor. God sets that in order. And I believe the favor of God is, is here because we have committed to sacrifice. And anytime there is sacrifice, there is a different aroma that begins to, begins to come. Think about this. I hear something every week on the line of sacrifice. I hear, hey, pastor, I just want to let you know we finally started tithing. And... and Sacrifice. I, I hear, um, hey, uh, I, I invited uh, a family over from our church, and we love them. You know what my favorite thing as a pastor is? Is to look on social media and see you inviting someone else over and using where you've been blessed and say, come eat at my table. If you want to give people dignity, that's the greatest thing you can do is bring people to your table. Sacrifice. I've seen uh, many of you uh, heard story even two weeks ago. And they came up as soon as service was over, ran up to me and said, it's great. My coworker finally came to church. And I was like, really? How long have you been? Two years. I've been inviting them two years. Two years. Two years. That's why we spend so much time uh, working with the sound and working with this and working with all that we're doing. Because here's the bottom line is we don't know when that two-year mark's going to walk through the door. 
And so for us, it's not about just pulling off another service. We don't know where the invitation was sent, but we're going to be ready when they come. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? It's funny when, you know, have you ever been in that situation where you invited somebody to come to church? They said no for like a really long time and then they finally said yes and you're like, you're coming? And you're like, yeah, yeah, give me the details. I don't, I don't have any details. I expect you to say no. I don't even know. I just kind of show up. I don't even know when church starts. I'm on the dream team. I think, I, I think just come at 1045. We'll let you serve coffee. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I was expecting you to say no. But I see sacrifice. This last year in the middle of moving out of this pandemic, uh, over the tithe, so over the tithe, what has come in in Heart for the House and the building fund is $114,000 this year. Come on. Come on. And I appreciate that Tiger Woods golf clap. That was awesome. Uh, I feel like that if I gave you $114,000, would, it would just be a little bit more emotional. Does that make sense? You'd be like, you are my favorite pastor. How did you know? That's what I wanted for my birthday. Like, come on. So clap because you were a part of it or clap because you didn't have to write the check. But either one, come on, come on, listen. In 2021, I'm just talk, I'm just, I just want you to, to know where, where we're at. In 2021, as the new year started, uh, that in December of 2020, and we all know what that was all like, we began to pray. And at that point, honestly, we were just praying that, you know, like we didn't have to totally shut down, that everybody didn't leave our church. I mean, yeah, everybody was praying. And it was in that moment that I believe God began to speak to us and say, hey, I'm going to move you into a season of exceedingly abundantly. And I was like, COVID's going away? <laughs> I had no idea. You know, it's like when God speaks to you, you don't, you're just like, he tells you enough to like, Whoo! but then you have no idea what's happening. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And so you're just obedient. And so um, we heard that all month long in December and we began to talk, talk about it. And then the 1st of January, uh, we had a man and his family come up that don't even go to our church and said, uh, we've been praying and God put your church on our heart and uh, we feel like a building is in your future and um, we want to bless you with $500,000. And so we had saved about two hundred and fifty. And uh, we, we, were, we were hoping for a building um, one day when my kids left the house. Um, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And so I'm a man of faith, but I'm also very super logical. And I, I don't, do you know how much stuff costs? <laughs> I mean, like, and, and so, um, and so he, he began to get, and so he said, I, I think that y'all need to start. And I was like, well, now we can. <laughs> uh, and so we, we went and I began to shop around and do all that. And, uh, you know, we got, we got the location that we're building out now at a, at a really good deal. And, um, and so we, we begin to move forward. We begin to move forward. And, and I just want you to know that the grace and the hand of God is on us and it's on you. And you don't have to tell me where you think we're missing it. 
Because I know. And I appreciate that you tell me. Um, just like nobody has to tell you where you're missing it. Because you know. But God does a perfect work with imperfect people. And that's why we say that like favor is not fair. It's, it's not fair, but, but it is just. And if you will commit to be remaining faithful, you're going to see God do a lot in your life. You hear what I'm saying? It is so exciting to see all of the women that gathered, all of our teams, all of our dream team, everybody who is serving. In the, in, uh, on Thursday, we opened our life groups. And, and in 12 hours, we had like 110 unique people who signed up for life groups. Come on, come on, come on. Our staff, our team, our hub coaches, our coordinators, our life groups, our leaders, all of our teams. Here's what I want you to know. In the midst of a pandemic that pushed a lot of people down, it caused our church to multiply. Every one of our teams got better. All of our leadership got better. We moved people from one area to another area. And I just want you to know that we see the favor of God on our church. So here's what I want to talk to you about today. We got to remain faithful. I don't want to be the puffed up church. I don't want to be the arrogant church. I just want to be the focused church. Come on, does that make sense? And so Barnabas saw something. And I believe that what he communicated to a thriving body is what I want to communicate to you today. Everybody say, remain faithful. Remain faithful. Here's what I want to download today. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. And we're going we're gonna to look at this. And then I'm going to pull out some thoughts on this. My son, do not forget my teachings. But let your heart keep my commandments. For the length of days and the years of your life and peace that will be added to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart so that you will find, come on, say it, one, two, three. Fair. And good success. God doesn't care about success. That's just a man thing. It just, it just happened to say favor and success. I didn't write that. Favor and success, so that you will find favor and good success. Is it crazy that the good's before it? You know, you could have success and it kill your family. You could make so much money for your family and then in five years have a different family. Anyway, good success in the sight of God and man. God and man. So in other words, there is something that we do to find favor with God, and there is something that we do to find favor with man. And we should care about both of those. Come on, I'm setting someone free today because some of you love God. I just don't like people. I just really don't like people. I mean, I've thought about everybody, and I just, I like myself. And I just need you to know that God expects his sons and daughters to grow in both. Here's the thing. He gives us keys to remain faithful. So I, I, I want to give you a couple keys. A couple keys in this verse. We're just going to leave it up because I want you to see it. The first thing that he says is don't forget. 
Don't forget. Come on, do, is there anybody in the house, is anybody online today that, you, you, we're just going to say it, you forget. About eight and a half years ago, I was uh, speaking, I was traveling from church to church, and uh, I had three back-to-back events. The last event was a conference in Belize. I'm in Houston. Uh, I actually, I'm in Louisiana. I go from Louisiana to Houston. I'm, I'm in Houston. And so the first one, I mean, the first place that we were at, it was awesome. It was, it was really good. And then the second one was even just better. It was good. It was awesome. But then as the, the time began to wane, and I'm like, maybe like, um, like 28 hours from going to Belize, that's an international flight, I began to think, man, I need to get my stuff together. Now I'm in Houston. At the time, I lived in Hot Springs. I'm in Houston. I'm in Little Hot Springs. So I have my sermon together. I have my clothes together. I've washed everything. I just, I don't have my passport. I've been planning this thing for like six months. I don't have my passport. And here's the thing. It's so crazy. Uh, the TSA people can be very authoritative. <laughs> they just don't want to let you go without a passport. I just like, I have one. Can you look it up? <laughs> Sir, we don't look up passports. I was like, can't. So I'm interested. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm like, how can I do this? What can I do to make this happen? Sir, can I photocopy a part of my Sir, it has to be in your hand. You have to, we have to scan it. I mean, it was like, no, but it was like, man, you, you guys really know. You're good standards. Um, <laughs> so I'm pacing to try to figure out what I'm going to do. And and, and, and I have to beg. I, I have to beg. I find a, f- a family friend, and I just say, hey, what are you doing? Oh, we're just hanging out. Really got nothing going on. <laughs> Great! Because, uh, uh, I'm over here in Houston, and I know you're in Hot Springs. And I, it's only like eight and a half, nine hours. I need you to go to my house and do me a favor. Sure, bud, anything. I need you to get my passport. Yeah! I need you to put it in your pocket. Oh! I need you to drive it to me. What? Tonight. Like, like right, right now. Man, I can't do that. I mean, I'm like, I'm trying to like advance the kingdom. I'm trying to live for God. I'm trying to help people. He was like, don't you think it'd be better if you planned? I was like, that'll cut deep. That's painful. I'll take that. And, um, and so anyway, he comes through the night. I have to pay him. I was like, I will pay you, any, every, I will pay you everything I have. <laughs> I knew how much I had. <laughs> he was like, okay, $28.50. <laughs> Tithe the last couple of weeks was low. <laughs> Bless God. <laughs> so, and here's what I realized. I'm just going to be honest. Here's what I realized. Um, when I forgot, I made it harder. You think that's why they, this reminds us not to forget the teachings of the Lord? Because when you forget his teachings, you make it harder. 
You make it harder on your marriage. You make it harder on your family. You make it harder on your kids. You make it harder. You make it harder on your friendships. You make it harder. Listen, listen, if we're going to go hang out and we're going to go eat, I want to know if you read your Bible and prayed before we went. Don't be on a 30-day drought and come and knock all your toxic stuff on. You're making it harder for us. I like you, but I don't like that you. Come on. Is this good? Don't forget. Like, 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 don't forget. Do you know how much we forget? We forget 40% of the information we just heard 20 minutes after what we experienced. This is a statistic. After 20 minutes of being in the room, we forget 40%. Do you know six days after we hear something, we forget 70%? And one month after we hear something, we forget 90%. That's why you can't come to four church services a year and grow. That's why you can't read one verse a year and grow. See, if we know we're going to forget what we put in, then that means we have to put in more. Come on, does that make sense? We've got to begin to study this and know this and have a moment and begin to put some stuff in. Because I know I forget 40 and 60 and 90. I mean, 40, 70, and 90. I'm just seeing if you're paying attention. We're going to have to put it in all the time. So we absolutely in this house believe in revelation moments. We absolutely believe that God can speak something. I mean, if God used a donkey and opened his mouth and talked, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, like I, I, I know my place. But, but here's the thing is while we believe in supernatural revelation, we also remember that it takes discipline and intentionality to grow. Don't forget. The next thing it says is it says, look at this, look at this, look at this. But let your hearts keep. Everybody say keep. Like you have to, you have to keep the commandments. Like you have to keep, like there's some things that you have to keep. I don't know. Are any of you, anybody in the house, anybody online, y'all good keepers? Come on, like, like you, you keep, you buy something and you have it forever. You're a really good keeper. Well, I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not, I'm not. My mom was great. She had stuff from 40 and 50 years and she had this little box and it was so precious and it was like it was brand new. And then I looked at my stuff. <laughs> I remember when we got, after we got married, um, we'd been married like a year and a half or whatever. And my mom comes by one day and she was like, here, here's Stevie. And then she gave me all my stuff, and it was all my baby pictures. All my baby, my mom gave me all my baby pictures. She was like, here you go. Now you have a house. You have a wife. Your, your family's going to want this. I was like, thank you. And uh, she left, and I, I wasn't being mean or what. I just threw them away. Just threw them away. And, and I just went right on. I just threw them away, and we went right on. And about a year later, my wife was like, hey, where are all those baby pictures? I'm going to put stuff together. I'm gonna, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I got rid of them. She was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I know what I look like. 
I know what I look like. I've been me my whole life. It's not like I'm going to meet a 50-year-old man and go, hey, how you doing? Here's my baby picture. Like, I, I'm never going to show it again. Like, like, like what am I going to do with this? He just stop. I'm just trying to get everything out. And she was like, babe, babe. Yo, come on. Everybody say babe. Babe. Yeah, I heard that. And she's like, we have children. Their children are going to want to know what you look like. And I'm like, they look like me. You came from this, baby. <laughs> if my kids are watching, you will keep every one of your baby pictures. <laughs> We're not repeating that generational thing. Stops right how? Right how? <laughs> you got to keep the commandments. And, and, and the Bible tells you how long you get, get, it tells you how long you have to keep them. It's so good. Um, for the length of days. <laughs> like as long as days are a thing, you keep them. <laughs> as long as days are like counted, that's what you're going to do. And subsequently, you also, the years of your life. Just in case days go away, if you're still living, that means we still keep them. Come on. Then it says, don't forsake. Don't forsake. Look, look at this. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Look, what is forsake? It means to abandon. Abandon. We got way too many people quitting and leaving. Quitting and leaving marriage, quitting and leaving jobs, quitting and leaving churches, quitting. Well, I'm just going to go wherever the Holy Spirit wants to take me, and I'm just going to. And I understand that. I get it. And I want people to be moved by God. But do not use Christian verbiage that keeps you unaccountable, ungrowing. Come on. It's one thing to be sent. It's another thing. To be on your own little journey. And you're the only one holding yourself accountable. Because that's not how God set up the church. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Okay? It says, don't forsake it. And here's the thing, the crazy thing. Is he says, bind it around your neck. I just happen to have this nifty little handkerchief. <laughs> Maybe your handkerchief, people. I'm not. It says, bind this around your neck. Like, this is like the most uncomfortable thing. You know, some of y'all have like closeness issues. It's very scratchy. It's very scratchy. And I don't even know if faithfulness is showing up. But it says it. And it also... Yeah, I feel pretty weird too. It says, bind it around your neck. Why your neck? I mean, I'm just like, of all the places, y'all remember in the 90s when people were putting this stuff around? I was like, bind it around your inner thigh. That speaks to me. You know, turtlenecks are back in. I'm kind of feeling the, I'm feeling the vibe. 
It says bind it around your neck. Why bind it around your neck? Because you should be writing things on your heart, putting them in your soul. And before they come out of your mouth, they have to pass through faithfulness and love. Maybe we, come on, come on. If you're going to do it, don't do it halfway. Listen, maybe we would have a little bit more healthier churches and families and and marriages and and, and relationships with our kids if we had some stuff bound around our neck. And before we begin to say what we feel, it would have to pass through being faithful and love. Come on. This is where you place it. Not in a notepad that you can't find. You put it on you. You put it on you. Steadfast love, meaning firm loyalty, immovable, dependable, unchangeable. Love, faithfulness, faithfulness. It comes, see, you can't have faithfulness because it comes from a place of trust and loyalty. We are faithful to the Lord because we believe that even if the conditions change around us, our place with him is the most secure place we can be. Come on, does this make sense? Remain faithful. And I'm going to take this off because I used to think, anybody, y'all remember when you used to wear ties? I used to think all the time, I would wiggle out of these ties that my mom would make me wear. And I was like, it's okay. And then later I realized it's not the tie. It was the top button. The top button was choking me because I was growing. And my mom didn't buy a shirt. And so I was like in a size 12 neck. And I was growing to a 14. And so it was like there was that top button. Some of y'all, that just changed your life. Like, right, like when ties come back, when all your kids are like 14 and 15, you're going to be like, baby, it's not the tie. It's the button. Let's get him a new shirt. You know, like, How do you know that? I learned it in church. Listen, the saints of God and the church of God have to get back to commitment. Commitment Commitment-based relationships. Why didn't I show up? Uh, I thought you were going to show up. You committed to be there. I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like it. Why why didn't you text me back? I didn't feel like it. Super busy. Well, why, why weren't you at church today? I didn't feel like it. Well, why, am, why, why are you not in a life group? I don't feel like it. Why am I not tithing? I don't feel like it. See, let's begin to have honest conversations and not, let's not use buzzwords. Okay? Frustrated is a buzzword that our culture loves to use, but actually that term, if you remove it, and would stop saying you're frustrated, you would say, actually, I feel super rejected right now, or I'm mad. And so we say busy as a badge, but the truth is, busy is produced by priorities. Come on, is, this, is, it, is it real? Today, I want you to remain faithful. Favor rests on those who, listen, remain faithful. We are, as a society, we are done so quickly. We are done. We quit. We want to leave so quickly. We run away from culture. 
We're done with, uh, this is the society that we're in. We're done with people. We're done with friendships. We're done with family. We're done with churches. We're done with politics. We're done with corporations. Like if you're not careful, what's going to be left? Well, I don't care about any of that. I want to insulate my whole family. And and it's just going to be me and my wife and my kids. And and it's just, uh, that's how we're going to do it. Because you can't control anything. And the world's sick and it's crazy. Well, here's the one. It's coming for your home. See, because there used to be a time when my kids were seven and eight that all I had to say is, hey, you want to go with me? Where are we going to go? Well, we got to go to this and this and this, but I'm going to get ice cream. (laughs) And so I want to go, dad, that's my favorite. Then all of a sudden, about 25, 26, you try to pull the ice cream card. And they're like, actually, dad, nobody has ice cream anymore. Lactose intolerant. I do kombucha. <laughs> Nobody does that. It's kind of weird. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. Like, you're so archaic, Father. You're like, I, who goes to get ice cream? You see what I'm saying? Like, my point is, if you're not careful, you'll try to insulate something that you can control, but it'll get big enough where they'll have their own opinions and you don't control it anymore. So it would be better for you to heal than conceal. It would be better, better, come on, it would be better for you to practice forgiveness and growth and whatever than to try to isolate because that's what we already saw in the Bible. That was the Essenes. They tried to isolate. And here's the deal. Their group left. (laughs) They died out. Our goal is to take territory, not lose it. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? So how many of y'all want favor in your friendships? All right, cool, cool, all right. You want favor in your friendships? Then you're going to have to give them to God. You're going to have to stop fixing people. You're going to have to give people time to grow. You're going to have to set up healthy boundaries. And you're going to have to overcome offense and misunderstandings. Because there are times that they are wrong and there are times that you are wrong. How many want favor with your friends? Like, we want it. I want the benefit of friendship. I want the benefit of walking in. That's my boy. What's that? You know what I'm saying? Like, we want the benefit of that. But we got to remain faithful. How many want favor? How many want favor in your career? Come on. Favor in your career. All right. We almost have more career people than friend people. It's cool. If you want favor in your career, you're going to have to give it to God. You're going to have to stop complaining over every problem that you see. And be a solution-oriented person. Anybody can bring problems to the leader. But people who bring solutions are different. If you want favor in your career, you're going to have to give people time to grow. I know that new person's in management. I know they're shifting a lot of the project guidelines and deadlines. I know that you got into a position where your project wasn't on time, but they changed all the parameters. You're going to have to remain faithful. Stop looking for a new job every time it doesn't work out the way you thought. Come on. People don't really just promote people based on talent alone you got to remain faithful there are going to be moments that you're going to be passed over there's going to be moments that whatever yes you have to learn to articulate yes you have to learn to set good boundaries yes there's a lot of things to learn in business but you can't be frustrated at an organization that you feel like is taking all of your time 
When you've not communicated, I want you to know I will work from this time to this time. I will give you all of it. I will not be on my phone. There will be no Facebook. I will not handle any family drama. I will not call and talk to my wife 17 times while I'm here at work. When I'm here at work, I will give you everything that I have. But when I clock out and I'm done, I'm going to be a dad. I'm going to be a husband. I'm going to be a father. I'm going to do what I need to do. Come on, does that make sense? I may even work 47, maybe 50 hours. But at 50 hours, I'm going to handle it tomorrow. Come on. Come on. Thank you for that fear clap. That was beautiful. It was, it was wonderful. It was, it was so exciting. Come on. Listen. We got to get diligent at what we do. We've got to make sure that we remain faithful. Let me land the plane on this real quick. We are building a church full of faithful men. Men who are going to be counted Men who are going to be people in this community. Men who one day are going to run for office or run for something. We are going to have men of influence, listen, in this church. And we believe it's you. We don't believe we're growing to get them. We believe that God's transforming you. We believe that there are women here that are going to grow and take on things and start businesses and do things that they never thought five years ago that they could do. And, and I'm just telling you, I'm prophesying over you, it's going to happen. Stop looking to the right and left and wondering who it's going to be because it's probably going to be you. But you're going to have to remain faithful. We're going to have to get good at overcoming we're going to have to get good and remain faithful, come on, at overcoming. L listen, don't forget. Don't, 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 don't lose what God gave you to keep. And don't forsake if you want favor. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. And, and, and this is the moment in time when it is Daniel in the lion's den. I don't know if you've ever heard that story. But before we read it, here's what I want to preface. Daniel, in this passage, is 80 years old. 80. Everybody say 80. He's 80 years old. Okay? And Daniel has been under five kings. He has seen, seen each one of these kings removed. All of them. Okay? Daniel, in his 80s, sees the king sign a document that says, nobody can worship anybody but me. Here is the verse. Daniel 6.10. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and he prayed and he gave thanks before God as he had done, everybody say the last word with me. One, two, three. Here is the key. Faithfulness thrives in routine. David, Daniel, sorry, all the D's. Daniel didn't try to discover a deep routine that would balance him and be a foundation for him. When a problem arose. 
It was already consistent. Three times a day, I'm going to pray. Here's what I'm going to do. All my life, I've been doing. He's 80 years old. I need to talk to everybody in the room who is over 55. Do not think for one minute that because you see young people on the front row. And come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap. We love young people on the front row. We, we want young people. We, we want to speak over them and prophesy over them and tell them wonderful things that God wants to do in their life. And I'm just telling you, I will not um, be bashful about that. I'm not going to apologize. We are our culture is calling our kids something, but at this church, we're going to call them what God says they are. You hear what I'm saying? Okay, okay. So there, Paul wrote in Timothy, do not despise your youth. We are courageously challenging young people to do more than they think they can do. While you see this happening in our church, everybody over 55, none of you guys, none of you are off the hook. Because the story that the church talks about with Daniel and the lion's den happened at 80. And I believe that there are still assignments there are still callings there are still things that God wants you to do and here's the deal until the days end and your life ends you remain faithful I don't care what you did in your 20s at the other church you're here get to work start doing what God's called you to do be the person that God's called you to be don't be great in your past begin to build something toward a future come on somebody Faithfulness thrives in routine. The king changed the order, but Daniel did what he always did. Daniel did what he always did. What is the routine that you need to start? Come on, turn off the TV and start talking to your kids. Get up 30 minutes earlier and begin to pray. Build a routine about reading. Come on, listen, the Bible. If your kids, and I, can, can I just, can I challenge you for like 15 seconds? I'm not coming for you. I'm just trying to help us grow. Is that okay? So can y'all just say, I love you, Pastor? Okay. If your kids are still waking up on Sundays asking you if they're going to church, What you believe is set isn't set. Because they're not coming up and asking you, are we eating today? They may ask you what we're eating, but they're not asking you if we're eating. Let's not be Christians who complain about culture and then lose our families to a life of busyness and trips, and fun, and enjoyment. And I am not saying, listen, there will be six or seven times a year that we are going to replenish. Okay? It's coming up in just a little bit. I've got Devin speaking. I've got Jeff speaking. I'm, 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 I, we're going to be healthy. You understand what I'm saying? And I want you and your families to be healthy. But if you're not creating and helping sustain the calling of God on your life, because you can't get in a routine. Don't be mad. When someone else is leading. Where you could have been. Come on does this make sense? And so I'm just challenging you. Listen. Get a routine of tithing. Get a routine of whatever. Get a routine. Get a routine. Get a routine. Get a routine. Come on you hear what I'm saying? 
Be open to serving. Be coming. Make a commitment. I know it's hard. I know. And listen, please, please don't misunderstand. I mean, if my wife was ever she would help me. Yes, of course the kids get sick. Of course this happens. Of course that. Uh, uh, that's not what I'm talking about. But if your kids are sick, I'm watching the live stream. Like, like we are here and we are committed. And here's the deal. You've got to remain faithful. You've got to remain faithful. And so here's the thing. Man, y'all go ahead and come up. Our world, this world is not our home. We are passing through it. Daniel knew that, listen, I've got to remain faithful because I've already seen four other kings and I don't know who's going to be the president next. I don't know what's going to happen with the country. I don't know what's going to happen with the economy. I don't know what's that. But I know where I'm going to spend eternity. And I'm fixing to remain faithful. And if that means pray three times a day, be here, tie, begin to grow, begin to invest, begin to do all the things that God asked me to do, I'm going to reprioritize, reprioritize my time for my future, not based on my present. I don't know what den you're in. But I know how you can get out. I know how you can get out. And here's the deal. There is no one in this church that can rescue you from the den. Nobody. I don't think people do that. <laughs> I mean, maybe do that on the movies. But if you're in a lion pit, I'm going to be like, you need a ladder? <laughs> this ain't like the WWE where someone gets hurt and you tag up. If you're in the den then the only one that can rescue you is God. God, come on somebody, and God alone. People can't rescue you from the den, but God can. Maybe you're here today and I need to repent. I have not been following the teachings like I want, and I can do that. I need to start a routine of, look at, look at, binding things where they need to go. Come on. Right here. Right here. If you want to be victorious, remain faithful in your devotion, in your devotion to God. Come on, listen. In your integrity. In your integrity. Listen to what I'm saying. Men, I want to talk to you for five seconds. There's countless devices out there and countless things that you can do to produce integrity in your life. No one is immune to temptation. We have men groups. We have th the things that we're talking about for coming up, Project Purity, different things like that, that we're really wanting to combat our culture and talk about how to be, uh, how to be strong in this culture, to, to make sure that we're healing from porn or what, making sure that we're a man. Come on, do you hear what I'm saying? Because all of this stuff will hurt your life. But your integrity is key. Women, your integrity is key. If you don't want to be in a place where a divorce happens, stop messaging every man that contacts you on Facebook. I don't know if you thought about this, but you don't have to respond. Because it never starts here. It always starts with, come on. You want to remain faithful? Be diligent in your work. Be diligent. 
do what you're paid to do. Get Do that. Be diligent in your work. Work hard. Make a list. Do the things. Come on, listen. Watch your thought life. Don't let depression and anxiety and everybody hates me and all that dwell. Come on, listen. Remain faithful. Remain faithful. Get your rhythm back. Be back at church. Don't miss. You got to visit your family. Watch online. Come on. Because I believe, listen, that we are going somewhere with this church. And we've only just started. We've only just started. Favor rest on the faithful. And I and Katie are praying for your success. Come on, let's pray. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you that right now you are just stirring men. You're stirring women. You're stirring young people. Father, I believe that you are moving and you are doing something. And we are going to raise faithful men and women that know how to navigate culture, that know how to walk in compassion, but are not under the philosophies, come on, of this world. So if you're here today, I'm going to count to three and maybe this has been like moving in you like you're saved but you know what I just I have not been as faithful as I need to be or or maybe you're here and you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life faithfulness starts with faith thank you for listening to this week's podcast we would love to hear how this message impacted you feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.